Normally, at the end of a song, you, um, if you ever look at those carefully on our screen, you'll see it will say CCLI licensing number. We always put that at the end of the song, and we have to do that because the copyright laws demand that we do that. We pay a fee, and that allows us to project the songs, and we don't violate copyright uh, laws or anything by doing so. But on that one, you'll notice there's no CCLI at the end because Aaron Lonard is not demanding that we pay anything. We get to, we get to just sing it, which is a great blessing. So Aaron, write more songs, and we'll be in the black. Okay, very good. I, you know, I didn't say uh, all that I could have said about the uh, background of those babies. Uh, you know, we talked about grandparents and things, but of course their great-grandparents like Norman and Nefaya are not here this morning, but Norman and Nefaya Holmgren uh, have been members of this church forever, and uh, they have great-grandchildren now that are part of this church, which is absolutely wonderful. Ryan Bean, Bernard, and Riley are sixth-generation Christians in the Churches of Christ. And uh, Ryan's great-great-great-grandfather was instrumental in starting at least uh, a church in Ontario and maybe some others. And uh, and Peter Elford, who is a great-great-great-great-grandfather, was instrumental in the conversion of Thomas Bailey, who was J.C. Bailey's and Cecil Bailey's father. So there is some there is some heritage there that, uh, that could be accounted when it comes to these children. And it's just absolutely wonderful that we continue to see the faith passed down uh, in our kids. Praise the Lord. Like That is just absolutely wonderful. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We've been talking about families and faith and passing our faith on in families. And this morning has been just a wonderful, wonderful testimony of all of that. But I want you to read with me 2 Timothy chapter 1. And see this admonition of Paul to this younger man, Timothy. We always say young man, Timothy. He could have been 40 years old. We don't know how old Timothy was. But as Paul talks to me, he says, Recalling your tears, I long to see you. This is verse 4 of chapter 1. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Well, there is heritage there in the grandmother and in the mother, and now in this servant Timothy of the church. There is another passage in 2 Timothy 3 where Paul talks about Timothy learning the scriptures, knowing those from whom he learned the scriptures, which no doubt was his grandmother and his mother who taught him about the Lord. Now, I think early on what they were probably teaching him was the Jewish scriptures, but with time, his grandmother and mother are converted to Jesus Christ. And when they do, they begin to teach about Jesus and to use the scriptures to do so. Well, we've been talking about passing on the faith at home, and there's biblical precedent for doing just exactly that. I want to talk about some, if I can make this work this morning and if I know what I'm doing. There we go. 
Some primary principles when it comes to doing so. And the first primary principle I want to talk about is intentionality. We've mentioned this before. What's so crucial is that every family and every parent be intentional about raising their children in Jesus. Now what that means is you have to make a conscious thought and conscious effort to say this is going to happen within my family. You can't just think it's going to happen by osmosis. It would be wonderful if it did, and there's some sense in which it does happen by osmosis. But really, it's an intentional decision on the part of families to say, we are going to raise our children in Jesus Christ. I think that's one of the the basic things that must happen, and so therefore, I would say that's some kind of primary principle. Secondly, I would say there has to be some time commitment on your parts. Like, don't think I I can somehow shirk my responsibility by cutting corners when it comes to the time commitment that is necessary to raise your children in Jesus. It will take time. I promise you. I can remember, like it was yesterday, even though my boys are now in their 20s, I can remember all the time that it took for me to spend the time that I did taking them to events and building relationship with them. Now, I have to tell you, it was, you know, people always say uh, that their dad, the preacher, was so busy serving the church that he didn't have time to minister to the family. I wanted to make sure, in my case, that that didn't happen. And so I made sure that there were lots of times when I said, you know what, for me to be with my kids right now at this time is the most important responsibility that I have, and I honored that commitment. And I think that for me to have taken the time to do that paid off huge dividends in terms of the relationship that I have with my boys. I think it was absolutely crucial. Well, that's just a a minor example of what needs to happen in our lives on a regular basis. Does it take time and does it interrupt things to have to go and pray with your children every night when you put them to bed? Sure it does. There are times when there are things going on. There are times when you need to be doing something else. But if you take the time to go and to pray with them every night, I think that God will honor that decision to spend your time in that way. And so it's going to take a lot of time for you to raise your children in the Lord. There are some things that you're going to have to do to put off in order to make it happen. But God will bless you in the process. And so there's going to have to be some sacrifices made as well. There are times when you simply have to sacrifice other things for the benefit of raising your children in Jesus. Now, you're the only one who can answer the question of how much sacrifice you need to make, at what level that needs to happen in your life, where those sacrifices need to come. You're the only one that can make that decision. But I encourage you to pray about it and to ask God to bless you as you make sacrifices for your children to learn in the Lord. Now, I'm not talking, by the way, just about the general sacrifices that we all make as parents. The kind of sacrifice I'm talking about is the sacrifice where you set aside some kind of time or effort specifically devoted to helping your children better know who Jesus is. That's the kind of sacrifice I mean. And it will take intentionality and time on your part involved with that sacrifice in order to do this right. Now, I've got a little exercise that I want the church to go through this morning here, so bear with me for a minute. I'd like everybody, if you would, to stand. If you're able to stand, I just want you to stand real quick. Okay, now don't get upset. I'm just asking you to stand. Everybody relax. Now I'd like you to sit down, okay? Okay. I know this seems like no big deal, but now I'd like you to stand, if you would. Would you stand, please? Everybody just stand up. 
Thank you very much. Are you irritated yet? Okay. I'd like you to sit down. Okay. Yeah, okay, John knows. See, John was going to stay standing because I want you to stand one more time. Okay, one more time. Just stand up. Don't get mad at me, okay? Just stand up, okay? Now, sit back down. Thank you very much. Now, you think, why did Kelly have us do that silly little thing? He knew it was going to irritate us, and now indeed he did. Okay, well, it's because of this. All I did was turn these three points around. What's the acronym that I'm looking at here? SIT! sacrifice, intentionality, and time commitment. Now, I think the order in terms of presenting those needs to be done a little bit differently, and I think we need to intentionally say that we're going to commit some time and make some sacrifices. But if I turn those around like this and I get this acronym SIT going, somebody's going to remember how irritated they were on Sunday morning when he had to stand and sit down three times. Okay, So when you start thinking to yourself, what, how do I do this? How am I going to be the kind of parent that I need to be? You just think, I remember, we had to stand up and sit. And so sit, sacrifice, intentionality, and time commitment in terms of what we need to be for our kids, teaching them about Christ. Now, here are some home resources this morning. Okay, I, I interviewed some ladies this week who do this, who talk to their kids about Jesus, and I said, what do you do? How do you do it? I remember how I did it years ago, but what resources are you talking about? What do you use today? And I wrote some down. Little Girls Bible Story Book for Mothers and Daughters. They showed me this book uh, on Wednesday. Little Boys Bible Story Book for Fathers and Sons. These are just books where uh, someone has taken a story from the Bible, given it kind of a modern-day telling, and it's designed specifically for sons and fathers to sit down together while the father reads this book to his sons. Um, I'm thinking about somebody who might have triplets, three sons perhaps, who could sit down with them surrounding him and read these stories, okay? The one-year book of family devotions, the hands-on Bible, cookies and milk, devotions with grandma. Okay, there, there's a book, huh? Some of you grandmothers out there, you're thinking, what can I do to read the Bible to my children? There's a cookies and milk book. Chicken soup for the soul. I know those were very popular uh, years ago, or maybe still are. There's teens who read those. Actually, I, I can't tell you I've ever read one, okay? But I'm sure that it tastes very good. Adventures and Odyssey, uh, that's something that we're all aware of from Focus on the Family. And then uh, somebody, one of these young mothers, was telling me that they put on this Praise Baby CD so that when they're changing the baby or the baby's probably not sleeping, but uh, when they're doing something with their child, they put on this Praise Baby TV, which just sings this wonderful, melodic, calming, Jesus-oriented song for the kids. Well, here are what? Seven, eight resources of the hundreds that are probably out there in terms of what you can do to help uh, raise your children in the Lord and start very young. You know, I can remember like it was yesterday, putting my hands on Robin's stomach and praying for Adam when he was still in the womb. And of course, we did that with both Adam and Ryan. So it was, that's a great blessing to start early. And, and there are lots and lots of resources out there in terms of what you can do to teach your children about Jesus from a very young age. And then some ideas. These are just things which families in our church are already doing. Bible Olympics, Bible verses at home on the refrigerator. Tara Holmgren was telling me that's what they do. They put the Bible Olympics verses on the refrigerator and they talk about them when they're around there. Small group focus on children. We do that in our small group. We have, uh, like last year, uh, the boys in our group were all leading songs, leading prayers, basically leading our small group worship on a, uh, on a Saturday night. It was absolutely wonderful. Prayers at night together, if you don't do that, 
you miss one of the most precious, wonderful times with your children that you'll ever have. I, I remember uh, when my boys were, uh, one of them was 19, I guess, or 20, and the other one was 16 or 15 or whatever it was, and Adam, my oldest, was getting ready to leave for home or leave from home and go to university in Portland. And uh, we were in Texas at the time. There was a huge thunderstorm going on. The lightning was crashing. It was about 1130 at night. Lightning is crashing. Rain is pouring down. And we'd had this amazingly emotional evening at our house as my son's getting ready to leave uh, home. And, you know, we, I mean, I was just a basket case. And so my two boys had beds in one room, one bedroom, and, uh, the beds were just far enough, or I should say close enough together, not far enough apart, but close enough together that I could get down on my knees and I could reach out a hand to each kid. And so each of my boys, while they're laying in bed, they're stretching out and reaching my hand and I'm reaching theirs and we're praying together at night. So here we are, they're in their late teens and 20s and I'm on the floor in the, in the middle of the bedroom praying for my son as he gets ready to leave. <laughs> Sorry. Praying for my son as he gets ready to go to university. And we had done that how many times? Hundreds and hundreds of times we had prayed together at night like that before they went to bed. And the last night before he left, we did it for the last time. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful to be able to pray with my kids all those times. And you will help supplant faith or plant faith within them. If you pray at night with them, pray at special circumstances when you know the church family has a need or there's somebody sick in your family or whatever. You need to call your family together and pray about that circumstance. When there's a special need in your family, pray about it. Sometimes we don't tell our kids everything that's going on and I get that. But there are things that you can share with your kids and you can specifically pray with your children about those circumstances. Sponsor a child with your family. Lots of opportunities to do that. Discuss Bible Olympics verses. One family does this on the refrigerator, but, do they, but you also could discuss those verses, not just learn the verses, but also discuss them with your children. Make sure prayers at meals are more than just for food. Make sure that prayers at meals are, just for, are, more, are for more than just food. Give money to World Vision at Christmas time as a family. You could say, look, kids, we're not going to get this particular gift this year. We're going to instead take the money and give it to World Vision. Service projects, deliver Christmas hampers. Um, I know Troy, when he was the preacher here, he used to tell you about a, uh, an alcoholic that he and I worked with a lot named Scotty. I don't know if you remember the name Scotty, but he would, in fact, Scotty came and visited Troy, I think, once in Calgary. And we used to see Scotty all the time, and I can remember taking my two boys and taking a Christmas hamper to Scotty in, uh, in his apartment and how grateful he was. And, and my guys still remember that, going and taking a Christmas hamper to Scotty. So there's lots of things that we could do, lots of things uh, that need to be done. But sacrifice, intentionality, and time commitment are really important when it comes to simply saying, I'm going to teach my kids about Jesus Christ, and we need to do that. We've had a wonderfully full morning. God has blessed us richly in so many ways. Why don't we pray together? Lord, thank you for blessing us like you have. The uh, chance to see the children presented before you with their mothers and fathers and with such a heritage standing behind them, that has been a blessing. To watch Cheryl be baptized into Christ, Lord, that has been wonderful for us this morning as well. To see the soccer balls presented and given and, and 
to have those eventually distributed within our community is absolutely wonderful. There are so many ways, God, in which you're blessing us with opportunities to grow and to serve. And for all of those, we are so, so thankful. And Father, I want to offer a special prayer this morning that you will help our young families especially take responsibility for teaching their children about you. Father, I pray that the sacrifice that is needed, they'll be willing to make. And Father, I pray that right now, as we're praying, that you'll help those parents to recognize the responsibility they have and that they'll be able to commit themselves to be willing to make that sacrifice. Father, we pray for them to do so with intentionality. We pray that they would think about their responsibility, that they would propose ways to each other as husband and wife about the ways in which they need to raise their children in you. Father, we pray that you give them insights into what they can do and how they can do it best in order to cement their children's relationships, both with parents and with you, Lord. And then, Father, I pray that you'd help them, even right now, to think of the ways in which they could make time sacrifices and commit themselves to time with their kids. We live in such a busy world, God, it's so easy for us to just set that aside for other things to come up, to crop up, that supersede those moments with our kids. Help us, Father, not to let that time pass, but to use it wisely for you. Father, I'm grateful that we have this fall, this time of setting apart some moments to just consider who you are, especially in relationship to our families. Father, there's, there's fewer things as important to us uh, than that our children have faith. I pray, God, you'd help us to continue to think about that, help us to continue praying about it, recognizing the ways in which we can bring you into their lives. Cement a relationship between yourself and them, God. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.